Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's PGA Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Mark Immelman. Mark, good to see you. How's it, Rick? How are you? I'm well. How are you? You're you're taking all of this in in person. <laughs> I have got dust in every orifice in my body. <laughs> Look, it's a beautiful place, this golf course. But you know, it's sandy and dusty, and and it's now getting dry. It's sort of got that open championship feel about it, and and so it it feels honestly like. I'm in the links of, of, of Scotland or, 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 or Western England or something because it's dusty and it's sort of a dust bowl out there. And we are certainly getting spoiled with the play, with the names near the top of the leaderboard. And you were, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mark, following the Brooks group today. Is that who you were with? That's correct. Weren't you listening for my calls? Come on now. I, thought we were I know. I, I, I asked the question knowing the answer. I don't ask any question I don't know the answer to. <laughs> yeah, I was with Brooks and Gracie. Um, and oh, wow, I mean, they both, they both started okay. And then the group sort of lost mojo and, um, I was like, oh yeah, we are, this is going to be a full coronation. And all of a sudden Phil hits it in the soup. I think it was on 13 or whatever. And Brooks birdies 12, which was a pickup. Cause that whole location was downright dangerous close to the water. He makes a birdie there. Finally makes a putt more well, birdie 10, birdie 12. And then just hits this titanic uh, three wood into 16. I mean, it was one of the shots of the week for me. I made a birdie there. So right back in the thick of things. And he's not even playing that well, Kepka. And he doesn't think he's playing up to his own uh, caliber either. Before we jump into Phil, who's atop the board, he's got a one-shot lead heading into the final round of the 2021 PGA Championship. Let's talk about the course, the Ocean Course. Mark, we know it was absolute carnage for the first two days, and it was uh, while the scoring the scoring averages were still over par for Saturday. This was the easiest day that we've seen thus far. Let us know how you interpreted what you saw out there. It was by far and away the easiest day uh, weather-wise. Uh, temperatures were mild. It was a little more humid, which kept a little more moisture in the greens, which made them sort of receptive. And and, and Ricky Elliott, Brooks's caddy, because I made a quip, I can't remember what hole it was, where Brooks had a number of putts that just missed low or the speed was either too long or too short. And I said, he's just struggling with the speed. And so I asked Ricky about this on 16. And Ricky's like, yeah, they look um, slower than what they are. And he goes, sometimes you catch one down grain and it goes, and sometimes you're a little into the grain and then you leave it short. So they were tough to 
to, to make up speed. Uh, but the golf course, the ball was moving some in the fairways. Um, and then with the breezes sort of turning off the ocean, and they were light. I mean, on the front nine, it was enough to sort of grab your attention, maybe a club, maybe a club and a half. But on the uh, second nine, the back nine there, uh, the breezes were just light and variable. And if you were down breeze and turning a ball with the wind, it would go farther. But if you hold a ball up in the wind, the thing would perform like normal. So it was as easy as you would see the ocean course play, in my opinion. Well, Phil Mickelson, our overnight leader, uh, certainly got out to a hot start mark. He went out in 32. He birdied 10 and opened this thing up to a five-shot lead. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, is Phil really going to run away? We're like, what year is it? What, what What is happening here? Is Phil going to run away with the PGA Championship, of course, until he runs into trouble with a bogey on 12, a double on 13, which I think those are probably the only two bad shots he hit all two bad swings all day i think we saw from phil mickelson and he's still going to head into the final round uh one shot clear of brooks kepka well for the folks listening and for the fans who are going to watch tomorrow what happened to phil is just perfectly indicative of what this golf course represents you only have to hit one shot that's just on the edge and you get in one of those sand traps they're not bunkers right they're sandy areas but i'll right. call them a sand trap and they're like pot bunkers if you get in there, it's like a penalty stroke. And that happened to Phil on 12, I believe it was. And then that stretch of holes, um, 13, was difficult. Such a narrow green, and it's guarded like a fortress. 12 is hard. Uh, it was easy downwind on Thursday, Friday. Then you've got the stretch of holes 14 through 18, which are just difficult. So it, it can turn at any time. So this thing is by far and away no means done uh, because it can turn on a dime. But as far as Phil's concerned – um, someone on our crew said it. I can't re remember who it was, but they made the quip that this is actually going to become a mental challenge for Phil right now because he's got this big lead and he's been talking about the focus and he just seemed so dialed in focus wise and it hit the right shots. He picked the right wind. He had the club selection down. He was never short siding himself really. And all of a sudden it's a couple of poor tee shots that weren't that far off, but just far off enough. And all of a sudden, the ball game, which was five, is tied. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just crazy how golf goes. And suffice it to say that for Mickelson, um, I'm sure he'll rest well tonight, even though he's on the eve of uh, making history. Right. Um, but tomorrow, it's going to be thick and fast, man. And and uh, it's going to be open season. I'm 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 excited to see what transpires. There were a lot of guys who smelled blood in the water when Phil made bogey on 12, double on 13. You mentioned the history. It's well documented. Phil Mickelson would become uh, the oldest man to ever win a major championship. You know, we've talked uh, a lot about Phil uh, on this podcast. He's been one of the most discussed, got men in golf for the last couple of decades. Uh, the, the accomplishment already of his longevity, being able to be around as long as he has, and now potentially putting, uh, I don't want to say putting a bow on it, that insinuates like it's it's over but like to add this to his list of accomplishments would be unbelievable it would be impressive i don't have the vocabulary for it it would uh if folks need to you know phil because sometimes it can be the brunt of a few jokes and stuff you know because of his manner and and what he does and what will phil do and i'm hitting bombs and you know the whole phil <laughs> what to do next thing but honestly in my opinion i would argue that phil is in the best physical shape of his life and he's got this childlike demeanor about him where he's always learning. We plays practice runs with Bryson, 
to 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 figure out you know what's Bryson up to, and he's always ju- messing around with with golf clubs. I think the addition of that two wood to the bag is genius. Um, when he won his Open Championship, he was using that Frankenwood, remember? And, and when Phil plays out the fairway. Even if he's 50, he's going to compete because yeah. his short game is so good and he's a good iron player. So, you know, he's young at heart. He might be 50, but, man, the guy's in good shape. His swing is long. It's syrupy. Um, uh, and, and he just seems the picture of health right now. And more importantly than anything, Rick, his mind is so fresh. And he just he, he seems as focused as I've ever seen Phil because sometimes, you know, Phil appears when I cover him to sort of just hit crazy shots. But he's yeah. not doing that this week, and, and that to me is the most impressive thing. Yeah, he looks a little bit more reined in, taking kind of a more conservative conservative approach when it behooves him. And you're mentioning playing out of the fairway. He's he's second in the field in strokes gained approach this week. He's hitting a lot of fairways. He's hitting a lot of good shots when he gets into position. But it is certainly not going uh, to be easy on Sunday because he has a guy immediately behind him and in the final group, Mark, named Brooks Kepka, who is looking to win his third PGA championship in four years. And if you ask Brooks, he doesn't think he's playing all that well this week. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I mean, this was a guy everyone was writing off just a few weeks ago. I mean, me included. I was unsure of where Brooks was physically, but it just speaks to the mental fortitude of this man. Um, I made the quote, and, and Jim Nance uh, actually seconded it. We won six, and Brooks hit a poor drive and got in the left greenside bunker and pitched up out of the sand and lipped out a putt. But before that, I just said to Jim, I'm like, he just looks resolute. He looks like there's intent about what he's doing. And Jim Nance was like, oh, absolutely. And then I said, he'll just stare a hole straight through you. Because Brooks oh, and yeah. I, 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 I'm, I wouldn't call myself a friend of Brooks, but we talk. And, and whenever I'm on the course with him, he eases over to me and we chat walking down fairways and stuff. So I know him well. Um, but for the bulk of the round today, he was, I mean, just eyes down the fairway, all business, he seemed like a guy on a mission, and he seemed like a guy, whether he had a bum knee or whether he wasn't putting very well or whatever the case might be, that by hook or by crook, he was going to put the lowest score possible on the scorecard. And to me, it sort of resembled Tiger Woods in a way. You know, Woods would play on a broken knee. Woods would do this sort of stuff and still beat people. And, and lo and behold, he has Brooks Kapka. People talk about the physical strength. Man, this guy is mentally sharp bar none and so he's going to be a really tough out tomorrow this is kind of reminding me a little bit of of just a few starts ago for brooks because he hasn't played a whole lot recently at waste management where he like he just hung around and there were a lot of guys near the top of the leaderboard and some were climbing and some were falling and when the moment came for him to hit a shot shot, he did did and 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 that's I would expect so, but my concern more with Kepka is making putts. You guys all, you guys give me grief all of the time with the strokes gained off the tee and that sort of stuff. But, but um, it's going to come down to putting tomorrow. And, and Brooks hasn't looked that convincing on the greens. And um, if he can find a way to rattle in a few putts, then I think that's going to be the shot that might count. You know, he he might hit a big three-wood like he did today on the green on 16 or something like that. But I think the shots that are going to be telling with this event is an individual, you know, hitting the smart shot, 
playing out of the fairway, putting the ball on the correct side of these demanding greens, and then making, you know, the odd 10-footer, making the odd 20-footer, and then certainly, you know, holding that five, six, seven footer on 17 for argument's sakes when it's for par or 18. I, I think that is going to be the separator. Three South, Three Africans, South Africans, Mark, Mark in the top in five, the top of, this five of this board. board. Yeah. Um, you know, Louis, I, I haven't counted him out whatsoever. He had his bad day today and he kept himself in the mix. Um, and he can just. You know, he's just got that way about him where he'll find a little something because that golf swing of his is just so simple. Uh, that golf swing of his is so free flowing that it never gets that far off. So you don't expect him to hit something really crazy. And when he did hit that wide right, I think it was on 10, um, I was sort of shocked. But he's, he's, he's massively experienced. Um, he's got a beautiful golf swing. And he'll find a way to make some putts tomorrow. And I have a sense that he will not go away on Sunday. All right, we're going to take a look at the odds from William Hill. We're going to figure out how this will all go down on Sunday. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. All right, Mark, our friends over at William Hill, no surprise, have installed Brooks Kepka as the betting favorites. One and a half to one plus 150. It's Phil Mickelson, who is currently in the lead, who is at three to one, and then a, a plethora of golfers behind them. Louis Ustazen at six to one, Kevin Strillman, Bryson DeChambeau at 16. I think there's going to be a lot of focus on that final group. It's Brooks, it's Phil going out in the last tee time. And I think a lot of the consensus is that the winner will come from those two. You have to think so. And when I was asked earlier um, who I thought was going to win, I was like, you know, I'm not going to sleep on Louis. I, I this a couple of days ago, the way he's playing. I've long believed that when it's breezy, you swing easy. And when it's breezy, you don't hit the ball too hard because the harder you hit it, the more it spins. And the more it spins in the wind, the more it's likely to go offline. So I'm still liking Westerzen. Mm -hmm. But the truth of this is, Brooks is just cutting situations 
such an ominous looking figure right now. Now I know that in my head, I'm I'm thinking Brooks. In my heart, I'm thinking Phil. And then the romantic in me, you know that guy. You know, I'm. <laughs> I, I would say I would happily trade Phil not winning tomorrow for Phil to win the U.S. Open in Torrey Pines in, in a little while's time to complete that career Grand Slam. But, but I just I just hope it's a spectacle. I, I hope. No one capitulates. Uh, I just hope this. De- well, it's likely because that's what this course is about—a Pete Dye place. That someone is going to have something disastrous happen to them late, and then someone stumbles into the victory. But what I would like is for just a huge struggle between two, you know, Hall of Famers. Phil's already in there. Brooks is Hall of Fame bound. You would think um, to to duke it out there in the final group and have it come down to a, a putt or something like that. Are we expecting that wind that we've been hearing about all week? Are we expecting it to change directions on Sunday? That's what we've heard all week long. It's going to change on Sunday. It's going to change on Sunday. How would that impact the course? And are we still expecting that? Well, the way it impacts the course is that the opening four holes will play downwind. Where Thursday, Friday, they were into the wind. And then you have that stretch six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 that were playing downwind um, with the easterly. Those ones are going to play into the wind. And I talked with Rory McElroy on Wednesday, and the year he won, the westerly blew. And on the Sunday, he played that stretch of holes, six through 13 in one under, and that essentially sealed it for him. And then with a west wind, 14 through 18 will play downwind. So 16 will be reachable, uh, the par five, 15. Man, I saw Brooks blitz one down there and hit a wedge in there. You'll see that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating. And that stretch of holes that are those into the wind holes, especially 12 and 13, because disaster lurks over there. Um, they could have a huge say in what happens. There is something special about a Sunday of a major championship. And Justin Ray had a great stat about this. He's, there are 34 players, Mark, who have, who have been inside the top five entering the final round of a major at least five times in the last 25 years. So you're in contention a lot at one of these big events. The players with the two best scoring averages in those situations, Louis Eustazen and Brooks Kepka. one and two. These, these guys are not going to make it easy for Phil. Phil is seventh on that list, but these guys know the situation. They've been on a big stage before. Brooks has obviously closed out more than Louis has, but Louis got one under the belt as well. I mean, this is, this is not, they're not going to roll over for Phil here. <laughs> I don't think so. And, and, Bear this in mind, too. We haven't seen the golf course play to its complete yardage yet. I think today it was, again, a couple hundred yards shy of 7,850 or whatever the thing is on the card. So I don't know if uh, Kerry Haig, the tournament setup, uh, chairman of tournament setup, stretches this place. I don't know what the whole locations will be like. But like I said, if someone gets out and posts something, they will not be going anywhere because 17, that just treacherous par three looms. Um, 16, the par five. It's no give birdie because you've got that huge bunker down the left. A 15 is a tough four. 14, if you miss that, that green's like a fortress. It's like, it's like Masada on a hill because if you miss on either side, the ball rolls down 15 yards away from the target. And then, of course, 13 into the wind is going to be just horrid. So uh, if, if someone's posting, they're hanging around to see what, uh, what transpires.
Phil Mickelson, seven under par. Brooks Kepka, six under. Louis Tazen at five. And Kevin Streelman at four under. Those are the guys at the top of the board. We are going to get a new major champion or another. I mean, maybe someone will add to their resume on Sunday, Mark, but it's going to be great either way. And I hope you enjoy. <laughs> I'm looking so forward to it. Um, personally, I'm, well, I'd hold thumbs, but you guys, you cross, I'm crossing fingers. That we don't see a hole in one. I dodged a few bullets in that bet. <laughs> Cam, Cam Smith nearly smashed a pin and it almost dropped on, I think, Thursday, but you're still alive. Yeah, I'm still alive. So I'm looking forward to a good day. Um, and, you know, I, I hope Christian Besaidno, he's got a lot to play for. He can see, he can lock up his PGA Tour card with a good finish tomorrow. Um, Brandon Grace, I mean, it was nice to see all the Saffirs up there, the South African boys. Um, but, but Phil would be a special story. So, so I'm excited. I'm excited as well. We'll be back after round four to break it all down. So we'll see you then. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Mark Immelman, who you can find at Mark underscore Immelman. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. And we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.